Morning, friends. When, uh, when my father was a student in Cambridge, uh, Donald Robinson was the vice principal here and he came over to Cambridge on a sabbatical and he was invited to preach at a local church and invited my father along to go with him and he was shaking hands at the door on the way out and uh, the organist uh, coming past said, three minutes too long. And uh, Donald Robinson said to my father, I only preach for five minutes. Um, I'll tell that story, uh, one, because this morning we're going to honour our librarian, long-serving librarian of the Donald Robinson Library. Uh, Also, I'm hoping that this will be a a short sermon, if that's possible. Um, So we'll see how we go, although it may be three minutes too long. But um, if you've ever led chapel, and I've given you counselling on that, I say morning tea is of prime importance. Uh, Let me... Let me uh, pray for us as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you speak to us. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, for all that he means to us and for the way that we can live our lives in light of the cross. Please help us to do that and encourage us by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, I wonder what you're afraid of. There are many in this room, I expect, who with exams a mere one week away may be afraid of exams. Uh, No, some people aren't. Uh, For some, they're ready to throw the papers in the air. But for others, exams can be a, a fairly terrifying time. I remember probably the worst exam experience I ever had was in year 10 at school. And back in those days, there was something called the school certificate. Um, which year t- was, was an exam that the state government set across uh, the whole state, but it really didn't mean anything. Uh, but it was the first kind of big exam that you did. And uh, there was a boy in my year, we were in a room not dissimilar from this, uh, with big glass wall down the end and everybody was on their own tables. And uh, me being started, I remember the first name of the alphabet in my year group was Adams and it went alphabetical order, being lone, I was right in the middle and I got pole position right at the front in the middle to look out of this uh, kind of glass wall so I could just um, have a pleasant time during my exam. Except for the, the doors in the middle of the, uh, were in the, right in the middle, so I was right in front of the doors to leave the room. But uh, as the exam had started, we got going Uh, There was a a boy in my year who was so anxious and fearful about this exam. He read it uh, and I remember we'd got going and we were starting. I heard this scuffling behind and he jumped up, raced down. I turned around, he's running down, got to the door and... Yes, right in front of pole position, right? (laughs) He was so scared of that school certificate. Um, Lucky he doesn't have to sit the Church History 1 exam, which is much... (laughs) worse than that. Um, but, but fear can do that to us, can't it? It can, it can move us inside, it can keep us awake at night, uh, it can affect our relationships, the things that we're afraid of. Now, some people might be afraid of, of things a little further afield. Um, I've noticed some uh, new life growing in people in my class this last semester. And, of course, um, you, you kind of know what's going to happen uh, when a, a new life comes into the world, but you can still be quite scared 
of that. Not that I've ever done that. Um, but, uh, you know, I've stubbed my toe, so I kind of relate. Um, <laughs> or or, or maybe, maybe you're fearful of things um, even further next year might oppose um, unknowns for you. Now, many people will be returning. Some will be moving on. Some don't know where they're going to live. They don't know where they're going to work. Some uh, don't know the people that they'll be serving with. Some don't know the challenges that they'll face. Uh, Some know the challenges and know that they'll be difficult. All things uh, that can bring fear to us. So uh, as I'm very grateful to Colin and Mark for offering me this spot, I'm just going to preach on this psalm for today, Psalm 114. I wasn't expecting that we'd sing it. Um, So if you don't have that uh, tune in your head, I'll read it out for us. Uh, Psalm 114. When Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from the people of a foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, The Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, O sea, that you fled, O Jordan, that you turned back? You mountains that you skipped like rams, you hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water." As I came to look at this psalm, I I thought that it said four things, really. It's a beautiful poem, a very beautiful poem, and I feel, uh, you know, a little bit like breaking the poem up into four points uh, does it a disservice, but four things um, which I think can help us in our fears. One, remember where you've come from, remember where you are, remember how you got there, and remember what it means. That's what I think we can see in this psalm. So verse 1, we begin and uh, we're told where the people had come from. It, of course, it's a, a, a psalm remembering that great moment of salvation for God's people in the Old Testament, the escape from Egypt. And he says, you came from Egypt, out of Egypt. Uh, he says, Jacob, you're a people, but you're in a land of a foreign tongue. Reminding them just how, how alien they were in that place. They did not belong there. Uh, and, of course, that moment, way back in Exodus, was a turning point for the nation. They were slaves there in Egypt and they were brought out by God. And the psalmist reminds them of where they once were. And that's important, I think, for each of us to remember where we once were. You were once dead in your transgressions and sins. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 2, doesn't he? Uh, We were slaves to sin. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And yet, God has saved us. Uh, We read in that um, reading in Galatians chapter 6 that I will not boast in anything but the cross of Christ Jesus, of course, because We speak of salvation, but salvation needs to be salvation from something. And so we must never forget where we have come from, a state of condemnation and judgment before God because of our own sinfulness. But, of course, this is not uh, the main point of these verses. They, They are saying not just remember where you were, but remember where you are now. So they have come out of Egypt 
Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. And so out of Egypt comes God's people and now this land, Israel and Judah, are where God dwells. So these verses remind us that God is their saviour. They've come out of slavery. Uh, That God uh, is their sanctifier. Uh, You might remember back, we had a few sermons on those um, chapters in Exodus about the tabernacle. Uh, Here, Judah becomes God's sanctuary. And if you remember the tabernacle being built, you had the, the, the sanctuary the holy place, the holy of holies. What was it about the, the tabernacle, God's dwelling with his people? The holiness, the holy God would be with them. And here they are a holy people because of God. Judah became God's sanctuary. God himself dwells with them. Israel, his dominion. This is where he rules. His reign is exercised. Uh, among his people. This is what they're saved to. So remember where you've come from, remember where you are, remember how you got there. Verses 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. This lovely little uh, poem about everything getting out of the way as the people uh, are freed. The sea looked and fled. Jordan, The Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams. The hills like lambs. I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where you've had to get out of the way of something. On on Wednesday night, I was driving out to see my daughter in a drama performance at her school and um, just driving along the road and the lights were flashing and the siren was coming and I don't know what you do them. I always think, what have I done? Um, You know, I, I... I walked across to Cash Chapel without crossing at the lights. Maybe they've, you know, I'd done that that morning. Maybe they were coming after me. But, of course, you pull over to the side, you know, they zoom past. You get out of the way for somebody who has authority, somebody who has power. Um, You get out of the way also when there's danger, don't you? Maybe you've been walking down King Street one time and, you know, there's, there's people that you think, actually... I'd prefer not to kind of walk through that crowd, Um, you know, maybe first years or something. I'm not sure, coming back from handcraft. So you cross over the other side of the street. Um, You get out of the way. Uh, Of course, to be that kind of person that people get out of the way for uh, is, uh, you know, quite a good feeling, isn't it? Um, I, I'm not a big wearer of the clerical collar. Coming out of college, uh, I hardly ever wore one, really only for fu- uh, weddings or funerals if they uh, requested it. But I, I've come around, this is an aside, um, of late. I mean, um, you know, policemen wear a uniform. Why do they wear a uniform? So people can identify them. Uh, of course, unless they're undercover cops when they don't want to be identified. That's my little aside. Um, Anyway, I once wore... I I was going to a funeral, but I needed to go to the shopping centre to pick up um, some things on the way. Uh, And I was wearing my collar into this shopping centre, and um, this is down in south-west Sydney, and I was walking along, and um, I went to the shop to buy my things, and there was a large queue. And I kid you not, I had my things, and the queue just spread apart. (laughs) They all just... Come forward, Father. Come forward. I said, no, it's fine. And the guy, just come forward. So um, anyway, I commend wearing the collar to you, you know. Um, 
you've got Christmas shopping to do or it's quite handy. And uh, maybe you've got, you know, you're going to uh, Wet and Wild or something, you want to skip the queues. <laughs> Wear the collar. But, you know, the, the sense of kind of authority and power that, that people make way for you, well, of course, that's what happened for God's people as they came out of Egypt. But it wasn't because of them, it was because God was with them. And uh, this psalmist picks up, it wasn't just people making way, it was the environment made way. Uh, the, the, the sea uh, looked and fled. Uh, the, the Jordan turned back uh, on its way. Uh, and, the, and the mountains, they skip for joy as God with his people come passing through. And this is remarkable, the, the power and authority that God has as he leads his people out. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a friend um, who kind of exudes, you know, coolness or something like that. I had one in high school. I was kind of a dorky, dweeby guy. But this guy was my friend, and what it meant was, um, you know, I could just kind of hang in his wing and, you know, get the cool vibe. Well, the, the God's people here, God is taking them out, and, and the sea parts, the river turns back. And as I read this last night, I just felt a tremendous sense of encouragement. I don't know where you're heading in your ministry or uh, what it might look like for you in the future, what obstacles you'll face, but the sense that God can uh, turn back the Jordan and can make the sea part, uh, flee away uh, in his presence is a profound truth. You might feel like oh, nothing's going to change. The course has been set. The river's course is set here. But God turns it back. Now, you might have friends or family members that you think, oh, they'll never come around. They'll never come around. But the sea fled at the presence of God God's gospel is powerful to do his work. If it's up to us, if it were up to these people to cross the sea, they could never have done it. But with God with them, the sea fl fled and the river turned back. That's uh, a wonderful image. So uh, remember where they were, remember where they are, remember how they got there. It was because God was with them, the powerful, authoritative Lord of all, Remember what this means, verse 7. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Uh, so the whole earth ought to tremble at this God. In terms of things to fear, it shouldn't be our exams, it shouldn't be the opposition we might face in our ministry, uh, it shouldn't be those things. We fear the Lord. We, we, the Lord, who is our Saviour, is to be feared, but we know that he is on our side. Uh, at the presence of the Lord is the first thing. Uh, this God who parts the sea, who turns back the river, the power of the Lord is the reason that he ought to be feared. The presence of the God of Jacob. Uh, in verse 1, we see the house of Jacob there, 
in verse 7, the God of Jacob reminds us of God's covenantal love. This is a God who's not only powerful, but who has promised to love us and has made sure of his promise. He's a promise-making God and a promise-keeping God, and therefore we can trust in him. And he's a gracious God, a God who so works in us that we might persevere in his grace and who continues to show grace in our in the outworking of our salvation, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Of course, remembering the events as the people were leaving Exodus, uh, Exodus 17 or, or, or Numbers 20, where they're, they're thirsty there and they can't get water and the rock, I mean, the rock is turned to water and not just you know, a little dribble, a pool of water, springs of water and overabundance of God's kindness. And God does show kindness to us and we ought to give thanks to him uh, when we realise this. Um, I had the experience, talking about exams, of uh, seeing God's kindness to us in a very profound way, the merciful Lord. I was a university student living in Chapo, room number 37, and I wasn't a very good student. I was um, actually a very bad student. And chemistry had a prac exam beginning at 10 o'clock and down at the chemistry building at the University of Sydney. And I had a maths class at 8 o'clock and a biology class at 9 o'clock, but I had done no study for this exam. And so I, um, I went to my maths class and I thought, this is, this is actually pretty dangerous. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back, instead of going to biology, do an hour's study. So I went back to my room there, I got out my chemistry book, and then the exam was at 10 o'clock, and the next thing I knew, I woke up and it was 11.45 and I, the drool was on the page and absolute fear. And I raced down the street. Usain Bolt would not have had it. Around the corner and there was the whole chemistry building out in front of... What's happened? Oh, fire alarm. What about the exam? That postponed it to next week. Thank you, Lord. The, the Lord does have mercy. Um, don't expect that in your exams next week. But the Lord does show mercy. He does provide for us in our daily needs. Um, but of course, even more profound, as I read this verse 8, I think of Jesus, uh, Jesus' words that anyone who comes to him will never be thirsty. Uh, they will never Uh, What does he say? If you knew the gift, this is to the Samaritan woman in John 4, the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, uh, you would uh, would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Why? Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Ooh, They will never be thirsty. Never. Never. Uh, they will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We have Christ Jesus, friends. We will never be thirsty with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come what may as we serve him. He will sustain us and he will carry us through to the end. Uh, yesterday 
Well, it's Reformation Day. We're having our service today. I, uh, I'm wearing my um, Here I Stand socks just in honour. Um, and just to finish off, oh, I haven't gone short, 20 minutes on the dot, but um, uh, I'm reminded of uh, John Knox, uh, the Scottish reformer who, the, at, at his death, which I understand now they've um, paved over his grave as a car park, but um, at his death it was said of him, here was a man who, who did not fear any flesh because he feared the Lord. May that be you and I as we go on in our ministry. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you are a God of salvation. You saved your people in the Old Testament. You saved us through the cross of Christ Jesus. We thank you that you remind us of where we've come from, where we stand now, the reason we stand here because of your powerful work bringing sinners to life through the cross of Christ. And Father, we pray that we will live our lives honouring you and depending upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.